Hi, Juan. All right. I made you the co-host. Unmute yourself. Unmet. Very good. Hello, Don. Thank you for coming. You all look great. All the gentlemen are, are first. Hi, Matt. Hi, Jody. Let me share the presentation. We'll be starting in a moment. Should I put some classical music? In the meantime, what's that? I like your background. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Guess where I'm at? Um, I don't know where. Where are you? Mount Everest. <laughs> Mount Everest. <laughs> put some Enya and let me share the PowerPoint. with you We'll be starting shortly. Hang on to your horses. Can you all see the presentation? Yes? Can you all see the presentation? Yes. One? Okay. Yes. Okay, great.
All right, fantastic. So I know a lot of people signed up last minute, but um, we like to start early so we can maximize our time. So far, okay, let me admit a few people. Uh, welcome everybody. Okay. So what, what would you say? Shall we start now or, or give it a minute? Why doesn't everybody tell us where you're connecting from? Uh, let's give it one more minute for those latecomers. So let me see in the chat box where you're connecting from. I'm connecting from Mount Everest, as you can see in my uh, background. You guys believe me? Elena, you're crazy. <laughs> I don't know how much internet they have over there, but um, it would be a cool background. All right, Jody from Las Vegas, Juan from Miami, fantastic, and uh, I do know... Uh, Veronica is from the UK, we got Gary from Australia, Madeline from New York, Nancy from Vancouver, Stephen J, I'm not sure, where, um, where are you connecting, Stephen? I think I know who you are, but um, are, you, are you on Florida too? Okay, so um, Matt, New York, that's right. Okay, Gary Melbourne, very nice. Welcome everybody. So uh, there's going to be um, a lot of information today. And I think we can get started. Make sure you hydrate, maybe pour yourself a glass of water. There you go. And you'll have a chance to, um, to interact in a moment. Okay, so um, I would say uh, today, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let me start the recording. Okay, it's already going. Okay, so today we have a very special guest and um, who's going to co-host. If you have a noisy background, uh, mute yourself so that, um, uh, Don, <laughs> so that we can hear better. Um, okay, so basically we, uh, we have been taking your feedback to see what you need the most, what you need the most, and we wanna be able to provide it to you as well. So a lot of you are interested in finding out more, more tools, more systems, more vehicles to retire early so that you have more precious time to spend with your loved ones, your hobbies, and you're not slaved to your work, even if your work does well, but time is, a much more important commodity than money because money can be made time we still haven't figured out how to be immortal um, maybe um, one day we will but for now not yet so um, so thank you so much to one for agreeing to to do this um, mastermind with us and give you a lot of uh, content we actually put it together with don as well who is the counterpart of one for the western region um, one is the broker for the eastern region and uh, we had to work um, 
through um, some crazy weather patterns with all these climate changes, but we made it happen. And uh, whatever we don't cover today with one, we will cover um, in one of the upcoming months with Don. So I've had the pleasure to know these uh, gentlemen for a very long time, over a decade and a half. And uh, I have to say that these two gentlemen not only are successful business owners and brokers, but truly, truly have the passion to help others, to help others live the life of their dreams with um, real estate tools. So I'm also going to be learning a lot from them. And um, I'll let, um, I'll let, uh, let's start with one introduce himself and tell me when to switch. Okay, one, you're a co-host, so go for it. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Hey guys, how are you? So my name is Juan Rojas. I am a uh, real estate broker in Miami, Florida. As, as Elena mentioned, I've known, we've known each other for, she's been my, my coach, my personal coach for, I want to say over 15 years, uh, just about, and I give her a lot of credit for keeping me sane <laughs> for the last 15 years in all aspects of my life. Um, so I definitely take my hat off to her. Uh, and I, um, I commend you guys for being on the call and being, you know, being on this, on this conference, but also for uh, just taking, taking the time and making the investment in yourselves, which I think is, is the most important you know, thing that, that we can do. Uh, and I think being like in, you know, part of, uh, of Elena's sort of um, ecosystem is, for me, it's invaluable. Uh, and meeting, you know, a lot of you guys from all over the world, uh, honestly, it's, it's, it's energizing, it's empowering, it's exciting to me to, know, like, to be just in the presence of a lot of other like-minded people that have similar goals. Um, because anyway, I mean, I, can, I could probably talk about this forever, but, but I'm very excited to, to help you guys out. So um, as a quick uh, intro, uh, Don and I are going to be uh, sort of uh, bouncing back and forth and we'll probably go through a lot of this information relatively quickly because I think our idea was to try to open it up later for a lot of, uh, you know, Q&A. So I'll tell you a little bit about, about myself. I've been featured in Realtor.com and the Miami Herald, uh, Place for Mom, which is a blog for um, uh, uh, adult kids <laughs> who are taking care of their elderly parents and a lot of other uh, publications. And if you go to the next slide... Elena, I think we'll take a look at some of Don's uh, um, uh, contributions also. Sure. Uh, let me, um, why don't you, do you want to say a little something, Don? <clears throat> sure. Uh, to add on to uh, what Juan has spoke of, uh, definitely a pleasure to be here to help out uh, Elena and Juan uh, and the rest of the attendees any way that we can. Uh, want to say uh, thank you for your time today. And I know that Juan's going to have some really great in input. Our goal was to give you some ideas about uh, the changes between coast to coast and the opportunity for um, income, uh, whether that is equity growth or passivity from coast to coast, the opportunity is always there. Uh, and our goal is to answer as many questions as possible by the end uh, of, uh, of uh, the uh, workshop today. Um, I know that uh, Elena is pulling up the featured in. So uh, yes, uh, both Juan and I have been featured in quite a few areas. And I know that Elena, if you want to just keep pushing buttons, I'll try to keep up with what you're doing before you get to the next slide. But um, we've been here uh, originally with uh, Prudential, uh, which was absorbed by Berkshire Hathaway and the Warren Buffett umbrella. 
uh, with uh, with the Berkshire Hathaway is where I'm involved, and I do everything from business brokerage to uh, single family residential and the property management and portfolio management of that. Um, featured areas, uh, uh, Juan and I can attest that we're featured in so many areas that sometimes we don't even know uh, because we get pushed out and propagated out through our multiple listing system and then we get picked up in other areas. So in uh, my area, I've been featured in a magazine called Philanthropreneur and that's in regards to a um, a foundation that I had created called the Platinum Foundation for at-risk youth. Uh, I've had that here in Las Vegas for years where we help uh, youth that is struggling or at risk that they are usually homeless or in foster care programs and we help give them occupational skill sets so they can go out and find their careers. Um, in the Fine Homes International Magazine, LA Times, Wall Street Journal, and of course as Juan uh, can attest for him as well, we get put and our product lines get put all the way from uh, Trulia to Realtor.com to Zillow and uh, quite a few other uh, places from there. Um, you'll see on there that I've also got uh, a, a professor position with the, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas and uh, the CSN, which is a school here for a community college. And I do some classes there at their request from time to time. And uh, that, I think, is pretty much it. So the knowledge that I have comes from back in 1989 when I was taking actions on my own. Uh, and uh, basically, by taking actions, not knowing much information, then I basically fail forward fast. And it was uh, pretty successful. And then we built systems with my organization today that is not just working for myself, but with the clients that we serve uh, as well. And again, that's everything from uh, single family residential and up to business brokerage. Thank Go ahead, you. Very good. Go forward one. Sure, so, you know, um, just like Don was, you know, was, was kind of mentioning, um, I'm not, I, the truth is that I'm not huge on self-promotion, but just so you guys can get a little bit of background and as far as myself and some of the memberships that, uh, that we're a part of are obviously the Miami Association of Realtors, the Florida Association of Realtors, the National Association of Realtors. I'm part of the Miami and uh, Miami Dade and Broward Real Estate Investors Association, also a member of the Institute for Luxury Home Marketing and, uh, you know, on and on and on. And I'm sure, you know, Don can probably talk about some of his other, you know, memberships and we'll get to. Uh, sort of the meat and potatoes of, of real estate and why, you know, to me, it makes it just, it's, it's, it makes so much sense. But yeah. Don, if you want to talk a little bit. Sure. So in regards to uh, what the public does not know or understand is a realtor has to have the heart of the lion. Uh, we basically behind the scenes are fighting for the best interest of the clients all of the time. And we go into these memberships so that way we can get the best exposure for the clients. Uh, some of the memberships that Juan had pointed out on the East Coast um, are uh, replicated, but with different names on the West Coast. So what you're seeing here is Juan is predominantly localized on the left hand side and I have memberships on the right hand side which are more west coast related so I have the uh, Greater Las Vegas Association of Realtors, 
the metric system, the IDX uh, for all brand new home builders that are being built in our, in our area, in our region. And then I'm also part of the Global Business Committee, which helps us cross borders. And that's where the CIPS comes in for international um, authority to be able to buy properties in and out of our country. Uh, right there in the center, the national areas is actually where Juan and myself overlap. We both are part of the National Association of Realtors, the Institute for the Luxury Home Marketing, and we also have to abide by all of the rules, the ethics, and the guidelines that are there for the Realtor, the Multiple Listing System, and Equal Housing Opportunity Guidelines. So if you can imagine, there's quite a bit of continuing education that we must do to be able to um, get the information that we're providing out to the public. Very good, thank you. Sure, Elena, and so if you want to um, just kind of keep going. So like I said, we want to get to the meat and potatoes and um, I come from a, a pre-med background. I was actually a biology and chemistry, um, my a biology major and chemistry minor when I was in college, believe it or not. And then eventually I switched to entrepreneurship and business. So um, I, you know, I've, I realized that, that investment and real estate can get really complicated if you're really analytical. And I can get really analytical with you guys if you wanted to, but I'm sure you don't want me to. <laughs> so I want to keep it as simple as possible. And later, and I, I think Don will probably agree. And then later, as you guys have questions about anything that, that, that just kind of piques your interest, you know, I'm sure um, you can shoot some questions that we can clarify for you. But obviously, there's a lot of investment options for all of us out there. And so you have stocks, you have, you know, precious metals like gold and silver, Bitcoin, and some of these items and internet companies like Amazon and Facebook and all these other areas and automated businesses. But the one that we want to focus on today is real estate, because I think um, what happens is that a lot of the times we end up getting so distracted with all these, you know, ideas and, and opportunities and Amazon, and maybe I should, you know, go into drop shipping for Amazon and do this other thing. And, and we honestly just forget about the basics. And over the years, you know, with, through Elena's help, I realized that keeping it simple is honestly the way to go, is the way to, to get ahead and to succeed. And so as you see here, you know, we'll, we'll go over, you know, some of the different um, types of uh, real estate opportunities, like single family, manufactured homes, multifamilies and condos, townhouses, which are typically, you know, attached properties that kind of look like single family homes, but they're attached wall to wall, right? Uh, single family homes, which are detached multifamily duplexes, which are, or triplexes or fourplexes, which we recently helped, you know, uh, one of our mutual friends, um, you know, uh, acquire. And, um, and so there's, there's just, you know, I, everything happens on real estate, which is kind of the exciting thing to me about real estate. One is that it's simple. And two is that it's so relevant. Don, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to add to this. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, on this slide, um, I, I put this slide together so that way, um, for those that are out there that uh, are not sure what real estate is about and they think it's this one thing, as Juan is alluded to, that even though you can keep it simple, there are a variety of air, uh, product lines that you can make money in. So um, all the way from manufactured housing, and there's a couple of uh, variations of manufactured housing. Some of it's called real property and others are pretty much a trailer that you could drive away with and some are lendable and some are not, but both types can make money. 
Um, then there's the condominium, which is, and I kind of put these in the order of what's most affordable when you're buying an individual product. So if you're going to buy an individual multifamily, of course, that would, or I'm sorry, uh, manufactured housing, that would probably be the most affordable product line. Um, once you get into condominiums, um, that's probably the, the next step in your financial budget uh, and or you would get into a townhome, uh, but then you start to trade out in condo and townhome the expenses of management services for grounds or what they call the common interest community. Um, then when you take the step into single family residential, uh, then you're owning not just the building, but you're also owning the land, which is also true in town home. You actually own the land, but in condos, you typically do not own the land. Um, multifamily, again, the duplexes is a common wall and triplexes as Juan mentioned. And then the one on the right there is fourplexes. Everything you see on this page is considered residential, which means that you can get uh, loans that will allow you to put less money down as well. So these product lines are the product lines where the, the uh, lending institution has made agreements even with the government to back end insure the loan so that way it's more of an entry level loan product to make it affordable for you as a consumer to buy. Go ahead and go to the next slide please. Now, the slide that's coming up now uh, um, is where you're starting to cross over into a different loan product. And this is where you would get into commercial loans and commercial property. Commercial property is a little more complex. So you're gonna see the word complex a lot uh, once you start getting into multiple units. So um, how many of you have heard, raise your hands, uh, that money is in the numbers and the more numbers that you have, the more money you can make. So when you start to get into commercial property, that is very, very true because you have an opportunity to get more units. So uh, once you get into commercial lending or commercial products, it's usually five units or more, and this does translate coast to coast for the most part. And you could see that you could start with an entry level commercial with five or, or more units, or you can get into an apartment complex where you're looking at a hundred or more units and then you also have retail uh, strip malls, you have multi-use um, multi professional centers, business offices, medical offices, and then you have industrial centers, all of which are how you make money by compounding numbers uh, as well. So uh, go ahead and go, uh, go on to the next slide, and then I think uh, Juan will take over uh, for the next slide. Sure, guys. So, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, I, pr I prefer, I like to keep it simple. Um, I, I find that, you know, for most of my clients, um, uh, you know, that's probably one of the reasons that they, that they tend to like to work with me is because I, I try to simplify things as much as possible for them because real estate doesn't really have to be complicated. So if you go to the next slide, I mean, it's, it's, you know, everything happens on real estate. We live in real estate, right? And residential properties like Don was talking about, we work in real estate, such as the commercial properties that Don was talking about. All of this is real estate and somebody owns that. And then we also play in real estate. So it can be an individual uh, owner that owns that park or, uh, or it can be a government entity or a government in general that owns you know, this property. But the reality is that there's a limited amount of real estate in the world. <laughs> You're looking at a picture of the earth and this is it, that, that, this is it, that, that's it. So, you know, for the last whatever, you know, 5,000 
years and, and I know you know the earth has been around for billions but you know since the pyramids that's it this is this is all there is and that's one of the reasons just basic supply and demand and so you know even Mark Twain said that you know by land they're not making any more of it but so we want to talk about um, Melena if you go to to the next slide so we want to start um, clarifying some of the things that are that are really just common sense and this is maybe just a little bit of the analytics but what you're looking at right now is a chart of the median sales prices of homes in the United States since the 60s. And as you can see, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to notice that the prices of homes have been going up, 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 except for 2008, which was the, you know, the financial crisis. And that was really the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression in the 1930s. So, but for the most part, obviously, you can see that the prices have been going up, 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 up. Um, and also in part, obviously, because of population. We can only expect the population of the earth, of any country, of any city to continue to grow. If you go to the next slide, Elena, you're gonna see the, the, a similar graph, but for the, for the prices of properties in the UK, for example. And this is from the 1990s. And as you can see, again, prices going up, 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 except for the recession of 2008, which affected you know, everything worldwide. And this is uh, a chart for the home prices in Australia since the 90s. And again, you see prices going up, 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 up. So now, if you go to uh, the next slide, Elena. I think what everyone is pretty much interested in is, okay, how do you make money in real estate? So there's definitely a couple of different ways. So one is to be a real estate broker like we are, right? So a real estate, you know, the... In the United States, real estate brokerages uh, are licensed and regulated in other countries like, uh, or other areas like South, you know, South America, for example. It's not a situation where they're licensed and regulated. Actually, it's kind of like selling cars. <laughs> there, there are no regulations. And in Europe, it really depends on the country. It depends on, on which country you're in. So like Italy, um, I, I, think, I don't think it's as regulated as I think Germany is and Spain, it's not as regulated as other countries. But that's definitely one way to make money. And typically, the, the way that we earn money is as a percentage of the sales price. And usually, it's between 3 and 6% of the sales price. Another way that you can make, pro, uh, that you can make money is uh, just to be a landlord, which is rental property. Um, and um, if you go to the next slide, Elena, we'll show you a couple of uh, a quick graph that basically shows you the, the, the way the numbers work when you own rental property. So... Again, the prices usually continue to go up, up, up. And as Don mentioned, it's important to keep in mind that the numbers have to make sense. Go to the next slide, please, Elena. So if you look at that chart, it's um, at the previous one, Elena, with the graph. So if you look at the previous, uh, the, the previous graph, that's a simple example of how the math works out on, uh, on, on, on properties. So if you were to buy, for example, a $300,000 property with 20% down payment and finance the $240,000, what you'll see there is, and if this is rental property or even your own primary residence, as you can see, over time, you start paying off your mortgage. And over time, you, the property starts to appreciate. And the middle is where you, you know, what we call equity. That's your wealth, right? You start accumulating wealth. And so that's kind of the beauty of real estate. And this is really just taking into account a 3%, a really conservative uh, 3% appreciation. Uh, I know in Miami and 
and Vegas and other country, um, other cities, you know, we've, depending on the time of the, um, depending on the season of the market, we've seen appreciation as high as 8, 10, 12, 15%. I don't know if Don, you want to add a little bit to that. Yeah. So I, I actually, if you can go back to the slide, one thing that um, you want to remember though, is uh, if you pull that slide back up for everyone, what I want to remind everyone is that that equity position, the, where it is going down and we've got the red dots and the mortgage is becoming less and less, that is being paid for by your occupant if you are, are putting tenants in your unit. So that equity growth and that compounding effect from the 3% this year compounding on top of the 3% next year and in every future year, the expense of that is being offset by the tenant income coming in. So as Juan said, we want to make sure that the numbers make sense. So the numbers need to typically afford what is the monthly operating cost of the property. If you're even at break even, you're getting the compounding from year to year uh, based on the appreciation growth from year to year and that 3% compounding amount. So going to where Juan alluded to um, in different markets at different seasons of the market, you could have an increase in equity value in appreciation value and that's usually because of supply and demand. So in some markets, uh, you can get title companies to help out to give you zip code appreciation maps to tell you what zip codes are appreciating the most. Now, the ones that usually appreciate the most are the nicest properties. They usually cost more to get into that market, but they'll have better appreciation because it's a nicer area and it's a higher demand with a lower supply. However, you can make usually on average of the 3% example that Juan had put there for you is a really nice uh, example to look at because that 3% is something that is a statistic put out by the National Association of Realtors that is a, a pretty fair figure that you can count on when you're a property owner. Correct. And like I said, we're going to, you know, uh, we want to go through some of this information relatively quickly because I'm sure all of you guys are going to have some questions. But if you go to the previous uh, uh, slide, Elena, um, the other way that you can earn money in real estate is obviously what uh, a lot of shows uh, uh, show on TV, which is flipping properties, buying, fixing, and renovating properties and selling them at a profit. Now, obviously, in these shows, they make they they, they really make it <laughs> they they simplify the process quite a bit. Um, they they really do a fantastic job in making it uh, really simple. But uh, but that is definitely something that all of us can do really from whichever city it is that we're living in. The catch is always finding a really motivated seller. We say motivated, sometimes they're desperate. Um, usually they're in some type of distress situation. Maybe they're in pre-foreclosure, bankruptcy, mm -hmm. some type of divorce. They have some type of urgency to, um, to, to really unload the property um, quickly at, at a lower price. Uh, sometimes they have a lot of, uh, you know, they need a lot of uh, repairs. Um, we just bought a property with a client that literally had a hole in the roof the size of a bedroom. And, uh, and it was awesome <laughs> because it was a great deal. And then uh, over here in the slide that you're seeing is to be a private lender. So a lot of people actually don't know about this option. And it's basically where you can lend your own money as if you were the bank, the same way that Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citibank, Deutsche Bank, the same way that any other bank lends money, um, individuals can, you know, self-directed IRA, and uh, if you have questions about that, we can probably answer some of that later. But it's always secured just the same way that, um, that regular lenders would, secure, would ask you to secure their, their money, which is uh, okay. one through a promissory note. Can you guys hear me okay? 
No, um, so I, I don't know. If, no, I don't know if it's just me. I have a for everybody. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of interference. Yeah. How's the connection? Can one? you hear me okay now? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Can you give me a thumbs up? No. Okay. Uh, can you hear me better? Can you guys tell me about productivity? You can hear us. Can you guys hear me good? Bad? Bad? <laughs> Bad. Okay. And um, can you can you maybe try to connect or maybe? Uh, we may need to. Yeah, I'm getting interference and static from everyone. Can you like, can you connect one? Okay, one. Can you connect? Okay, I can. Yeah, yeah. can you guys can you guys hear me better now? No, I think we try to connect. I don't want to reconnect because I don't want to lose you all. But um, let's give it a moment. Maybe I can hear you. The I can hear you. Okay, can you guys? Okay, can you guys. Uh, it's it's not very good. I'd like to log out and reconnect if you can, one. You want me to try to reconnect? Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yes. I'm getting interference from everyone. Yeah. Uh, try to reconnect if you can, please. Okay. And uh, don't, in the meantime, you can talk a little bit about the private lending before we go to the examples of the housing. Don't. Don, can you speak about uh, lending? Okay. Right. How about now? Can you get okay? I think it's better. Yeah. Thanks. Anyway, so. So we're talking about private lending, and actually, if you look at the messages in the chat, sorry guys, yeah, the, the, the connection is really bad. Everyone sounds really. Uh, yeah, um, um, I don't know what it's causing it, but um, maybe maybe we can all go off to see the bandwidth helps. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what. I think it might. I think it might be an, a Zoom issue. Ah, okay. I'm not sure. Anyway, if you look at the chat, uh, Stephen, who is on the call, um, who is in, on the on the conference right now, he actually mentioned that he can't wait to actually mention Yeah, can you guys hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so there, anyway, so there's basically four different ways that private lenders are always just the same way uh, any bank is protected and it's typically by the borrower signing a promissory note, having a mortgage on the property, lender's title insurance, and uh, property insurance. So that's usually what insures what gives lenders uh, the security. Can you guys, can you guys hear me all right? Give me a thumbs up. Uh, yes, kind of. Good. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think every, everyone sounds a little bit distorted. Elena, if you want to go back to the slide, let's see if um, let's see if we can uh, move through it, and then maybe we can just take some of the questions. Yeah, that's right, Steve. Uh, Steven, I'm sorry. Yes, the, the investor, whoever is borrowing the money, would be responsible for paying the property insurance, uh, just like the way a bank wire. Otherwise, uh, the lender, you, can put what's called forced place insurance. So we want to talk about a couple of things that are, um, that are, uh, are kind of intriguing for a lot of people. And uh, this, is, uh, this is one of them. I don't know if you went forth over a little bit too much, Elena. But in this, in this picture, we want to show you one of the best investments that you can make, whether it's for your personal property or an investment property. And it's, uh, no, if you go back up, Elena, please. <laughs> well, this is the beauty of uh, technology. Yes. Could you back up a little bit, Elena? Yeah, yeah, I'm going, but the connection somehow is giving trouble that I'm wired in that even the slides move at a strict all right, maybe if you guys have any questions, if you guys have any, any questions, any curiosities that maybe you want to purchase that and we can try to answer for you. Can you see the chat? Yes, I can see the chat. Correct. Okay, yes, Stephen. Yes, usually the investor is responsible for the problems. Okay, so let's let's talk about that that picture right there. So, how many of you guys think that having a pool in your property is good investment? Yes. No. No. Madeline, you said no. <laughs> Sure, Steven, and we'll talk about the risk in a little bit. How many of you guys think that having a pool in your property is a good investment? Guys, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. I'm good with you. Yes, no, kind of. Yes, no, kind of. Sorry, yeah, the connection is really oh, yeah, the connection is really yeah, okay, so this is um, this is what we're gonna be doing. I'm going I'm going to because I don't know how to I don't know how to improve it. I'm going to to stop the call and, and restart it. So everybody let's go back on because I don't know how to change other than that. Um, so I'll meet, we'll meet you back here in a minute, okay? Let's both 
let's both just log out and log back in. Let's see if it improves. Otherwise, it's hard for me to even move the slides. I'll meet you back all sure. in a minute. Sure. Okay. See you in a moment. Okay. Are you back on? <laughs> 